Welcome to Converge Coffee. I'm here with Mary Shores. She had a roller coaster life beginning with being abandoned as a young child and tragically losing her first child. But Mary was able to overcome life's hurdles and turn tragedy to, tri to triumph by building an eight-figure business empire at age 24. Mary is not a life coach. She's a businesswoman who discovered a roadmap and how to get in control of your life. She truly walks her walk by generating pragmatic solutions for people who are freaking out. Her company, Midstate Collections, is committed to delivering the best customer service experience possible to ensure that they provide the most uh, respectable and efficient collection services. Midstate was founded over 20 years ago by Mary Shores and since then has received national accreditation and regard as the most unique collection, collection agency on the planet. Uh, Mary has tried and true communication strategies, have not only ensured her success in collections, she has have built a lasting positive reputation for both her clients and customers. Mary, thanks for being on the show. How are you doing today? I am amazing, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about today's episode. I am too. I, um, when I, in our uh, initial conversation, I really enjoyed your storytelling, your background on things, and you're just your, your whole perspective of how to help other people. And I think a lot of um, the Converge Coffee um, listeners out there would like to know is um, your journey. I mean, that is an I mean, I know we kind of got hit hard with, uh, you know, life struggles, but how did you get from life struggle to where you are right now and just a kind of a highlighted pointed view um, of some, some big things that really changed for you? You know, I think that uh, com that starting off the conversation like that is a really great place because I think that as humans, we're all on some sort of spectrum of where we're at in our level of awareness and our level of consciousness. And sometimes you have somebody that's gone through a lot of trauma and they sort of manifest or they create a life that is trauma filled and continues to be so. And, you know, maybe it's because they're going into more of a victimhood where then you have this other side of the coin where people go through some traumatic experiences and it builds a character that uh, puts them more in a trajectory of being very resilient. And so from all, like, from, from what I understand, like I should have become a statistic because I was abandoned at a very young age. I had a had a, a extremely unstable family. So I was at three years old. I was living with some relatives. I was put back in my house with my mother. And I don't want to get into that whole story because it can get long and kind of boring. But, you know, I was then out on my own again at 16 and um, had a child that passed away at a very young age of 20, but I was able to bounce back from that and had some sort of resilience and started my first company at 24. And that company is a debt collection company, and I have that yet still today, and it's doing very, very well. Thanks, Mary, for sharing the, the, that story with, um, you know, going from terrible tragedies to, to triumph and, and, and succeeding. And um, I think a lot of people just talk about the successes and they don't talk about how did we get there? Um, because life is, life can be hard, um, very hard. And I, and I understand about um, proving, 
proving people wrong, being um, coming from a single single mom um, and being a statistic that way. Um, so a big thing is you you own mid state, but you always you also have um, words that work. Um, and you, and you sell this and you market this and you talk to people about this. How did you come up with, uh, words that work and describe a little bit more about what that is about? Thanks. I, I would absolutely love to. So I feel like words, words that work on in a lot of ways is like my life's mission because, you know, we were just talking about, and I didn't go into great details, but I've had a lot of trauma in my background. And the thing about trauma is that trauma isn't necessarily about the thing that happened to you. Trauma is about the way that it shows up in our present day experiences. So what that might look like is we can get triggered in all kinds of ways, you know, where where something bothers us and maybe we don't even understand why something bothers us. Well, I happen to work in this industry, which is the collections industry. And, and you know, right away, the collections industry, there is a negative stigma to that type of work. And rightly so, because the reason why there's such a negative stigma in collections is because there's a lot of abuses that go on. There's a lot of dehumanization in this industry. And so when I had my opportunity to start this business at 24, you know, I at that time was not passionate about collections. I was passionate about having an opportunity to become a business owner. And so right away, I wanted to use a strategy that was different from the other debt collectors. I wanted to use a sales strategy. And what happened was the sales strategy really failed miserably. And it failed for two main reasons. The first reason was that, you know, I have competition. And so my competition is the other debt collectors, because typically if somebody has a debt, they have multiple debts. And so my competition was using fear and intimidation and threats that they were winning out of my tactics that were more like being nice and friendly and trying to use sales. So humans are wired for what's called negativity bias, which means that we're going to have a stronger reaction to something that's fear-based. Um, so something that threatens us is going to get our attention way more than something that is pleasurable. So that's pretty simple to understand. And that's like ba basics of survival because back in you know the caveman days, we really needed to be able to identify identify when we were in danger and then put us into fight or flight so that we could ex escape from that situation. So modern day, we just have these strong reactions to things that, that threaten us. And that can be like basic customer service stuff. The second reason why it failed, and I think that this is the more impactful reason, is that sales did not address the real issue of what is going on with debt collections. And the real issue is the shame and the unworthiness that people feel just by having a debt. And once I understood that piece, that shame, that unworthiness, like the psychological components behind the debt, that really allowed me to develop my mission. And my mission is that I want people to feel good about paying their debt because having a debt is a psychological burden. And it's a burden that literally builds a brick wall in between people and living the life of their dreams. And what I mean by that is that anyone who has a debt, you know, maybe they have been touched by this where they don't feel worthy to 
apply for a mortgage or, you know, in, in, or apply for the, a certain job because maybe they're worried that there's going to be a background check that's going to check their credit. You know, in a lot of cases, people won't even date the same caliber of person because of this deep seated feeling of unworthiness. And so having a debt can really step, stop you dead in your tracks. And so once I understood that, I really started to develop words that work, which was, you know, again, it's all designed with neurology, psychology, and neurochemistry to help people feel good about the fact that they want to pay their debt instead of swimming in that chaos and uncertainty and unworthiness of having the debt in the first place. That's awesome, Mary. Like you have, you found a problem, you found a target of what people have resonated, you know, and you understood how people think, I think is the the biggest thing is that a lot of people overstep or not overstep, but they go ahead and say, you know, let's get to the what instead of saying, well, why are people doing this in order to use our how to get to the what? And that makes sense <laughs> in any in any case. But um, how did you how did you start marketing um, your company when you have competitors using the that fear base? How did you start um, winning customers from from those people who are using fear tactics? Well, it wasn't easy, and you know, partly because I, um, I it, well, let me start it off by saying this: in the very first year alone, that I developed just the beginning foundations of words that work my revenue grew 34%. And what happened was I didn't really market it so much as I was working with my brother at that time. And he started going to people and saying, Oh, um, let my sister come to your hospital and do this, this billing and collections workshop. And I wanted to strangle him. I'm like, you did what? And so he basically started having me show up at these hospitals and teaching them my internal method. And when I did that, they were just so in love with the philosophy that they just Im immediately wanted to work with our company. And so I guess just by sharing my message with some pretty good people in the industry that had had like a like-minded philosophy where, you know, especially in the inner workings of a hospital, you know, they really want to work on creating uh, connections with their patients and having, and especially like now more than ever, the, the uh, patient satisfaction surveys are super, super important and might even play a role in their ability to get reimbursements from the government. So all of a sudden this, this method that I had, which was all about creating connections was in alignment with, with um, some places, you know, internal missions as well. So that brought me in, but I didn't necessarily go out and market it until um, I wanted to broaden my mission to become like, now I want to share this with the rest of the collections industry, because I want to make a dent in the collection, the collective consciousness of how the other debt collectors are performing their jobs, because I feel like I can really serve the country by healing this debt issue that we have. And so that marketing looked like going into the organizations, you know, really getting in, getting involved on an industry level. Mary, I absolutely love it. I love the mission. I love, and I think that's what a lot of people forget is like, let's just do, um, let's just sell cars, but it's not like there's no, 
there's no true human mission behind it. Um, and with that collection, a lot of people, yeah, there's, there's a negative view on it. Um, and I, I really appreciate your positive view on of understanding people. It's not about the debt itself. It's about pe- how people react to the debt. Um, and just uh, our conversations, I love your, um, you're building on experience or on customer experience. You're trying to relay a a message and and helping people with their customer experience and helping others. Um, kind of flipping gears here with a different question that's away from uh, your job is that you've you've been on different podcasts before. Um, can you give some insight on how to be a great guest? But the other thing is, is how do you build your brand from a podcast? So kind of aligning how you've um, represented yourself with your business. How do you represent yourself as a guest on a podcast? So podcasting is just a, it's a personal passion of mine. And one of the things that I just, it's, it's really given me is the ability to tell great stories and also tell great stories that really have a point. And so I have a, I have a best-selling book. It's called Conscious Communications. And typically when I'm on a podcast, I'm talking about that book, I'm talking about personal development, or I'm talking about some, you know, some area of life that I just have a passion or an expertise or some way to articulate um, a topic that other people can resonate with. And I think that that's the difference is being able to being able to explain information versus being able to resonate with an audience. So even if I go back to this, like when you asked about marketing of words that work, and I'm talking about like trying to connect with these other debt collectors. Well, I don't go in there and say, Hey, I want you guys to all use my method because it's better, but I can go in there and tell them, you know what guys, like I've, I've, um, here's how I reduced my revenue or excuse me, here's how I increased my revenue by 34%. Here's how I reduced my lawsuits to almost nothing. And here's how I, I've reduced the incoming level of complaints and how much money would that save you? You know, what would your company look like if you could solve these three main problems that is, you know, pretty much consistent throughout our industry and that's going to get their attention. But, you know, like if I'm talking about, you know, we, you and I on our, when we were getting ready for the show, we were talking a lot about like masculine and feminine and, and dating and all of these things. And, you know, you can just bring all kinds of storytelling into that, that topic. And like, here's what I experienced. Here's what I learned. Here was my aha moment. And then here's how you tighten that up into like a two or three minute story that has a point at the end. Definitely. And just to add on that, it's almost like you are putting a story into the context, but you're also asking the person, if I, if I wish I knew that, what would the outcome be? Like if you put it in their head and they have them think, yeah, if I had, you know, if I could just take out, you know, could reduce my debt by this much, how happier would I would be? And, and having that emotion behind or being on a podcast and, being a guest and, and, and when you're resonating that message, it's, yeah, the message, it's the experience, customer experience you, you offer, but it's more so the message of how you, not only the storytelling, but the feeling behind it of how you made others feel. Yeah, that's absolutely, 
That's absolutely true. And actually, I think that there's a certain element of of really wanting those connections, you know, really wanting to connect with other people on a deep level, not just a superficial level, but but really enjoying that level of connection. I love it. Um, and so we're moving to the more of the uh, the offline background. A lot of people don't know, but you there's a story that you you helped a you you helped a teacher um, for at risk students um, with you with your company. Can you share a little bit more about that story of the impacts um, that made on j- just one person or that one person helping other people? Yeah. So what happened was a woman had contacted us, I think via our our Facebook group, Fearless Ambition. And she said, she wrote this message to us. And she said that um, when she first heard me on a podcast, um, she really loved the idea of my book, but she was a little resistant because she didn't understand what she as um what her role is, which is, um, I believe she is somebody who works with at-risk students in the school system. So I don't know if she's a social worker or a teacher, but somewhere in that realm. And she didn't see how me as a debt collector could help her, but she really loved the podcast so much. So she decided to get the book and she read the book and she actually, what really hit her was my mission of wanting to make the next person who called into the office happier at the end of the call than they were at the beginning of the call. And so she just thought, well, what if I just try that? So with every student, instead of having the goal be whatever it is her previous goals were, I'm just going to focus on trying to make these students happier. And she followed the steps in the book and she applied them to all of the students that she was working with. And something in like three months, her class success rate went from only 86% of students passing all the way up to 96% by the end of that semester. And so she she wrote into us because she wanted to share these results. And my team and I were just absolutely blown away. In fact, um, her name is Amy and we're going to schedule, like I'm going to do a little, um, like Facebook live video with her because I want to know more. I actually haven't got to speak to her yet, but I want to know more about how she applied these methods to her students, you know, because I've already seen that. Like I've seen doctors applying them with patients. I've seen IT apply this, you know, like with their IT departments, because sometimes those are people that can have a difficult time communicating. But I love to hear these stories where people have been able to create dramatic changes through the way we communicate. No, I agree. It's 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 all about that human connection. It's all about that relationship building, and you you exhumed that. And so now we're this is coincidentally now we're moving into the part about the woman behind all the magic with you know the behind the episode the voice Mary Shores. That's you. You know. So I ask three things to to every guest, and the first thing is. Well, obviously, yes, you, you run a multi-million dollar business. So that's how you make money because we all have to we all have to live. <laughs> it's supply and demand. It's money. But the two other things that um to, to get to know you more is for the first question is what do you do creatively to bring back in in in, in life that helps you know that helps you? And then the second thing is what do you do health wise? Okay. So I feel like 
You know, I started my business really young. And I, if I remember right, you got started pretty young yourself. And I truly believe that through every decade of life, there's this sort of evolution that happens in your, in your level of consciousness or in your personal development, if you're on that path. And so one of the things that I definitely believe in for myself creatively is that I am always investing back into myself. Like that is the most important thing is that I am stepping into who I really am. I mean, if that means that I need to step back um, and I need to close my circle in a bit so that I can be fully stepping into who I really am and who I'm meant to be, then I'm going to get the best results by doing that. And I know this year, especially like after the book came out, I got pulled in so many different directions because the book, the book took off uh, really, really well and unexpectedly, and it became a number one bestseller on Amazon. So I, I'm just like being pulled in 17 different directions. And so what I did was I created something for myself that I now share with other people called the core four, which is like the core four is the four main areas of focus that I need to be engaging all of my energy through in order to get to where I want to go. And so any energy that is not going through one of these core four areas of my life or my business, if I'm participating in it, I need to really question myself as to what I'm doing because it's just too easy for me to get distracted by a lot of things. And I, I would rather triple down on a few things and do them just as as well as I possibly can. And for me right now, that very much looks like my own personal healing, my own personal um my own personal growth and my own personal spiritual path that I've probably been on for about the ten, last 10 years. And then as far as like, it's all kind of interconnected for me at this point, but my, my, I'm really big on self-care. And I think that our definition for self-care has gotten, has gotten super trendy. It's kind of a buzzword right now, but I really just consider it to mean taking space for yourself. You know, if you're, if you're, stressed, you're not really going to be creatively like I've been I've been saying this all year, but it's like everything that you do, everything you manifest or create, you want to create from a place of empowerment because everything that you create from a place of empowerment is going to show up in your life stronger, faster, better. It's going to be longer lasting and most importantly, it's going to have a greater impact on your lives and the lives of others versus when you're creating from a place of disempowerment which is going to show up weak. It's going to be stressful, chaotic. Things don't work out. There's not as many synchronicities and you really feel stuck. But if you can identify that you're not feeling super well right now and understand that that's okay. It just means now's not the time to be taking massive action. And what you need to do is step back close your circle in and take space for yourself until you are like climbing that frequency scale of emotions to that place of empowerment. And then you can take action. And if you can understand that philosophy, then you can, you can really manage the things you're doing in a different way. I like that, Mary. That is, I think a lot of people um, don't recognize, they recognize the work getting done and they might help people with whatever obstacle is in their way, but they don't realize to step back and, and in order to help others, you need to help yourself 
first so you can be your best self. And I really like how you've talking about that in in circles. Like I'm I'm literally I was literally visualizing like a balloon or a compression device where I'm like, no, I feel I feel a little deflated. I need to, you know, focus in on me and close that close that circle or close that balloon off a little bit. Or if I have enough to reach, I can expand that balloon. So I really like that. Yeah, thank um, you so much. Mary, it, you're most welcome. Mary, I really enjoyed um, speaking with you um, and, and I'm being on this episode too of uh, just learning more about you and, and learning more about your business and, you know, where your focus is um, that's on the people and, and helping others. Um, and I really appreciated you sharing your story um, in this episode. My pleasure. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed um, Mary's uh, Words That Work, a little bit more about her business, uh, Mid-State Collections, and more about her message and um, customer experience. And I hope that you picked up a few tips. 